Welcome to At The Whiteboard. I'm Nicole North and I'm your host. This season on At The Whiteboard, we're focusing on everything leadership, learning, and development. We have a ton of great guests ready to share their knowledge. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Hello, and welcome to At The Whiteboard. I am your host, Nicole North, and I am joined today by David Spinner. Hello, David. Hello, Nicole. How are you doing? I am very, very well, thanks. Enjoying a muggy, hot day. I said to someone yesterday that the the air was sort of like the, the temperature of a nice hug, is how I felt. Yeah, yeah, it's the same here, and it's uh, you know tough for the dog, tough for me. So hopefully we'll get through the mugginess and just be nice warm weather. I like it. I like it. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. So, well, as you said, my name is David Spinner. I have been working as a college teacher for ten years. My background started in the field of social work. And from there, I worked in the field of social work on the front lines for 10 years, switched over to teaching. And during my years as a teacher, I went back to school and did my MBA at the age of 36, where I also signed on as a consultant for a company called Peak Performance 2, where we do individual assessments to help teams work together more productively as well as help on the outside and make connections externally so that uh, individuals can communicate better with their customers. So it's really focused on communication skills and how do you use those in both inside and outside of the company. Awesome. That's so exciting and, and so fun to hear. And uh, I didn't know some of those things, so that's great to know. That's great to know. Um, I'm curious, you and I are both huge fans of personality assessments, and I want to know, how do you feel they support individuals and leaders at work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am a huge, huge proponent of all the different assessments, not just the one that, that I use. And I think there's three key components that, that we focus on that I think really spreads across the board to different assessments. And it's about self-awareness, uh, really, you know, getting to know yourself on whatever topic it is. It could be about your communication style. It could be about your learning style. It could be about your leadership styles. But it's really about getting to know yourself in ways that you may have not thought about before or that you haven't or you just didn't know, right? we, we all have blind spots. And, and sometimes these assessments um, unblind them, if you will. Then it's about awareness of others. So who do we work with? Who, who is our manager or who do we lead? Who are our colleagues that are sitting at the desk across from us or you know, in the office down the hall? So really being aware of others, as well as not just your colleagues and the people you work with, but who are your customers? Who are the clients that you work with? How do you get to know them. So I think assessments really do a nice job of, of making you aware of that side as well, because even if it doesn't directly talk to that individual, when you're aware of yourself and different components of yourself, you can then pick up on those same notions in the other, in the other people that you work with. And then from there, it's how do we adapt whatever we need to adapt to the individual 
to make our team morale better or become more productive or increase our sales. Again, all depending on, on the assessment and the goal of the assessment. So those are really the three points when we talk about individuals. And when we look at leaders, I think we can even take that to another level because when we look at the awareness of others component there is a leader really needs to be aware of who he's leading. Who are the members of his team that are working, you know, below him that he's, he's showing the way for and everybody's different. So you got to share, you got to be able to adapt to that style of person a who may not be the same as person B, but you still got to lead them in the, in, in the same direction, but you got to lead them differently. So if you, if you can adapt, you can really be a good leader and be really well understood by those that you're, that are working for you. That's so interesting. It's, it's always been a tenant when we teach leadership to say to people as a leader, it's not your team's job to adapt to your style. It is your job as a leader to provide individualized approaches for each of your team members in the best way that you are able to, right? Uh, so I, I love that idea of being able to adapt to the individual, being aware of yourself, being aware of the people that work for you and what their styles are, um, and then adapting to them. So I think that's so fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what, you know, you, you, you kind of summed it up perfectly in the sense of exactly that. I can't go to my leader and adapt to their, their style. You know, they have to adapt mind in a way so that they can lead that way um, otherwise everybody's going to be the same way which we're not I mean we are so very different yeah I think I mean that to me is probably my you know I'm certified as a Myers-Briggs type indicator uh, assessor and even though I don't use it terribly often and it's in its most formal sense it still comes up in almost every conversation uh, that I have either, whether it's relationship building, communication, delegation, teamwork, um, building teams, collaboration, partnerships, any of those topics, somehow it always comes back to, you know, people have different styles in the way that they lead and the way that they communicate and the way that they think and the way that they approach situations and the way that they approach life, that it's, you know, it, it it behooves us, one of my favorite words, it behooves us to ensure that we are capturing all of that and we understand those differences and those variabilities and how to lift those people up and, and make them make them shine instead of kind of pushing them into whatever hole we believe they belong into or push them into the hole that, that we're comfortable with. Yeah. And, and what, what I love about various of these assessments is that we, we always think of them that, oh, it's used in the business sense. But they're perfectly usable in your personal lives as well, right? And, and that's what's so amazing. It really improves your personal relationships with family and friends. Because, like, listen, if you think of a couple, and, and again, I'll focus on communication because that's the area where, where I work the most. You know, if a couple can communicate better, well, won't the relationship be better? Naturally, I think that's probably the top thing that leads to divorce is often communication, lack of communication. 
and, and the ability to communicate with one another, that's an often, often a place of, of conflict because I say numbers, 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 and the person listening doesn't understand numbers. They want to hear more about how is that going to make me feel and, and so on and so forth. Well, if I can't speak in that how is it going to make me feel manner, then I'm not going to understand. Like the other person's not going to understand. So that's where the conflict's going to lie. Yes, yes. And I wonder, I'm curious if you agree or not, David. I find that whenever I do an assessment and I learn about the, you know, dichotomies or the different um, types that there might be, it's very easy for me to take family members or friends and, and help understand those components through those close relationships because you know those people the best, right? It's a little more difficult to understand, you know, Tim from accounting because you only talk to him three times a month. Um, but it's much easier to say, oh, I really do see now that uh, – my sister is absolutely an introvert. She has a preference for thinking because I know her so well uh, that we know those qualities. So it, it, it's interesting that I certainly, when I was certified in MBTI and trying to validate what my personality type is, um, that I was definitely using my friends and family to help me gauge that out and, and help compare myself against someone that I knew was very different with, from me to help me um, differentiate between them. I don't know if you find the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so I, I have this story. I share this story all the time in my workshops. I share it with my students and, and whenever I'm talking about our assessment. So our assessment is, is based similar to, to, to Myers-Briggs. It's based on Carl Jung's theory, introversion, and extroversion, thinking and feeling. So you have those four quadrants. And so ours is called dynamics with an X at the end. And it uses the four colors. So you can be a hot. And what we say is everybody has a little bit of each of the four colors, yet usually you're dominant in one. And that it's all about your preference for a certain type of communication style. So if you're a high blue, which means you're an introverted thinker, you're someone who's very data oriented. You need all the facts. You want information. You know, you want to be prepared for every situation you're going in. You don't like surprises. And then the opposite of that is somebody who's a high yellow, which is an extroverted feeler. Well, like you mentioned, like my brother and I are polar opposites. My brother has taken the test and, I, and I've done it as well. My brother is a really, really high blue, very data oriented, likes to be organized and prepared and weeks in advance for things. And, and I'm someone who's I'm OK with being spontaneous. And so we were going on a family trip, him his wife his kids and my kids as well were going and myself and we were headed to an amusement park as part of that trip and about two weeks prior to the trip my brother had phone called me and said hey why don't you take a look at the map of the park and decide like with your kids what rides they want to go on and so on and so forth and this was prior to me having taken this test and so I laughed and I'm like, we're not going to do that. We're going to show up. We're going to look at the layout of the park and, and the lines and the, and so on and so forth. And, I, and to me, that's the most ridiculous type of thinking, right? <laughs> right. But having, after having done the test, you kind of realize, okay, that's just his way of planning and, and needing that sense of preparedness. Whereas I'm somebody who can be spontaneous and, 
you know, off the cuff thinking and, and, and so on and so forth. So that's, it's my favorite example to use because it's, it's such a clear example of two polar opposite colors, right? And then we talk about the other two colors, which are red and green. So a red is an extroverted thinker, somebody who likes to take action, likes to know the deadlines, and, you know, when are you going to get this by me, to me by, and then, and then the green is your introverted feeler who's very caring and likes consensus and wants, you know, wants harmony and everybody to be, be happy. So we often point out how like somebody who's dominant in the green will see somebody who's dominant in red as being rude and abrupt, right? Yes. Email, they don't say, Oh, how was your weekend? Oh, how's the dog? How's your wife? Et cetera, et cetera. It's hi, Johnny. What, you know, when is that report going to be on your bike? So if I'm, if I'm a high, dominant green, it'll be, Hey, that's really rude. Like, didn't, doesn't even care about me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then I, you're, sorry. And then when I was going to just finish, finish up the, the four is when you say that the opposite would be somebody seeing the green person saying, Hey, like get, get over all this fluff. Let's get to the point. Right. So they're, they're like impatient and they're like, get to the point already. And so on and so forth. So when you learn that about somebody and you understand it and, and the more you practice this, and then you can recognize that in somebody you'll be able to adapt quicker and you won't get as frustrated quicker. And that's how teams can work together in harmony. Cause if I'm a red and I'm working with a green, I'll be able to understand it a little bit. And maybe I will ask about the weekend just to, you know, appease them, but, but in an authentic way to be, cause I want to work harmoniously with them. I think that's so, so amazing. That is the, the cusp for me of why any type of assessment like this is so valuable is to remove that sense of this person is rude or this person is flighty or this person doesn't plan well or this person can't do numbers, right? Those broad categorizations we make about people instead of saying, you know, that's just part of their personality. It doesn't mean that they are rude. It means they're focused in a different way. Um, and I, I think that's so, so that has probably been the most valuable thing for me. I often tell a similar story about my very best friend who, uh, when my grandfather became ill with dementia, um, I had called her and I was crying in the car and she said, oh, honey, um, you know, well, what did you expect? He's old. And, you know, I use that because she's got a preference for thinking. It's, you know, it's all kind of about the facts and what's there. And so I, I told her as an example all the time when I'm training. And she got so upset. She was so sad. And she cried. She said, I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to help you think more objectively about the situation so that you're not so sad. And I thought that was the most brilliant way um, to describe that because it wasn't, you know, and I remember immediately getting off the phone with her when she said that to me and going, Oh my goodness, how rude, how, uh, how not caring, how could she say something so insensitive? And then to hear her perspective of saying what I was trying to get you to do was think objectively about what was happening and not be upset anymore. I was trying to help you is just the most amazing perspective you can get. And now that understanding is why, you know, she's the person I call when I'm having kind of a meltdown and I need someone to tell it to me straight, right? Am I melting down for a reason or is there something objective happening here? So I think 
I think what you said and your story is absolutely perfect, but I love that idea of removing um, guilt and blame and other things from just personality preferences. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point because when you take your story and put that into the office space, now we see how a team can work together if they have someone who's dominant in each of the different sides. Again, regardless of the of the assessment you're using or the, the, the approach. But if you have somebody who's action oriented, well, then they're going to make sure your team stays on deadline, right? And the numbers will make sure you stay within budget and so on and so forth. And, you know, the person who's spontaneous and is that high yellow in my case would be the creativity side of things. And then somebody will make sure that we have the maintenance of the team. So when you think about it that way, if you had a group of people who, were high numbers people, let's say, well, that's great, but they're all going to be focused on one thing and maybe other parts won't get done. That's awesome. I, 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 I think that to me is kind of the, the theme of everything that I've been working through this year in terms of how do we create leaders that lift people up and lifting someone up means I let you be who you are and where you thrive and where you excel instead of trying to force you um, to be a project planner and to study the map of the amusement park, right? right? Why don't I, I, I help lift you up by assigning you tasks where spontaneity is of value to us, right? And not try and force you into a planning role that that doesn't let you shine as a human. I mean, it doesn't mean, I mean, I'm always saying that we need to be aware of those other personality dimensions and that we need to adapt and learn them, right? You know, I had a business partner for 10 years who was a huge project planner. Things had to go in a certain way. And I don't discount that that is incredibly valuable work. And, and when we worked together, I needed to adapt and utilize those, like practice that muscle so that we could work effectively together too. And she equally uh, flexed her muscle of being a little bit more flexible and spontaneous with things. And that's, that's how we were able to make that work is by that deep awareness of each other's um, styles and also being willing to flex that muscle when necessary. Oh yeah. And don't get me wrong, just because I'm a high yellow and dominant and that's my dominant color. And in my case, I happen to be, um, pretty high in some of the other colors as well, because it's not a hundred percent total. It's a hundred percent in each of the four colors. So I'm pretty high in the others, meaning I could adapt pretty well. And listen, an Excel chart is my friend in the right times. Like I love a good Excel chart. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it might be planning a trip and there's certain things I have to work out. Like when is this flight versus that flight or, you know, Oh, the museum ticket is only available for a certain day. Whereas if I'm on a trip, some days I can wake up and say, mm, today's going to be grab a coffee and stroll through the park and wander aimlessly day. Right. So, yeah. so it's that balance. And if you're aware of that, again, it comes down to the awareness. It, it's, it's so um, eye-opening for people and and that's my favorite moment when I run these workshops is when people finally get to when we finally let them look at their profiles and they see it and they're like that is so me right and they realize that's totally who I am and I see where you know what yeah you're right like I'm not so good at 
putting together numbers and I'm not so good at preparing three weeks in advance for something. So it's an area where I could work on when I need to. And whereas the opposite, one of the things that we do measure is we call it the key indicators of success. And those are the behaviors that people actually perform in their job. And we compare that on the same page in our profiles to their color preferences when they're under stress, which is generally, you know, that at work, right? You're usually under some form of stress. So when you're not necessarily being deliberate in your communication style, but you're being a little more like stressed, so you're, so you're just kind of reacting, you're more reactive, right? And so when you compare that, often what you see is in some jobs, people will push up or push down certain aspects of themselves. Maybe somebody who's a real big number person, but their job doesn't require so much number, or maybe they don't want to use that so much. So they push it down a little bit because they let other people, you know, do that type of work and so on and so forth. Or, or, or you know, could be uh, when it comes to like, the creativity side, uh, some people, you know, may, may push up their creativity because they have to. And it makes them uncomfortable sometimes, and especially when it's opposite colors. And then we ask the question, so how did you feel at the end of the day? And usually it's, I'm exhausted because they're working their brain like crazy more than what they prefer to do. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I wonder, that might be a, a super interesting conversation to have in terms of, of burnout and, and wellness. Like is, is burnout and that kind of um, workplace stress sometimes uh, the case of us having to operate in spheres that don't, um, that don't bring us joy, right? That take a lot of effort. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Like I know that I push up my blue under stress with meaning, right? I push up my organizational skills under stress because that's how I reel myself in, right? That's what, you know, when you have that sense, you know, somebody who's spontaneous can be spontaneous. They could be very, you know, relaxed and oh, like no worries. And we use humor but there's times where things feel like they're out of control. So that's when a list comes out or something like, like a real set of organization, or, you know, I hate forgetting something on a trip, even though I'm going to a city where I can probably go buy it. Well, I want my t-shirts or I want my whatever with me. So I may, I may set out my clothes a week in advance, maybe two weeks in advance, who knows? But that's when, when it helped me feel that sense of control. Yeah. So, so being able to do that and say to yourself, you know, this is the time where you got to pull that out of your back pocket and say, all right, you need to be super organized for this because, you know, if you don't, you're going to forget something. Fascinating. I love this stuff. Oh, I'm so into this conversation. So you administer dynamics, but do you have any other favorite um, assessments? Well, I guess on a similar level, you know, the, the Myers-Briggs, right, is quite similar in nature. So I guess maybe that's why I'm, I'm pulled into that side of things. I'm a big fan of Carl Jung's theory. I actually teach it in one of my classes. So it, it's kind of fun to be able to then take that and use it on a larger scale. So I really, I like that side of things. It has that psychological piece to it um, with a background in social work and psychology. It, 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 it speaks to me and it really... Uh, opens the eyes for me of like someone's personality and their preferred style. And it's not just like when someone says, you know, Oh, that person's such an introvert. They're going to sit in the corner at a party. Like that's such a false notion. I know. And then when you, when you kind of say, like, no, that's not really it. 
they're just not going to go into a party and be like, hey, I'm here, time to you know live it up. I'm the center of attention, right? That's not who they are. But it's not that they're going to just curl up and you know in a ball in the corner and eat chips and have you know have their soda, right? So it's I, that stuff just it, it it fascinates me. Me too. I actually love kind of disseminating those things when people say, well, actually, I'm an ambivert. Um, and we know that, uh, you know, according to the theory, that's not really a thing, right? You have a preference for one or the other. Um, and, you know, you can definitely exercise the other muscle and use the other muscle when you need to, but you certainly have kind of a natural preference. Or when people say, well, sometimes I'm an introvert and sometimes I'm not. Um, I love kind of being able to work through trying to find out what their true uh, natural inclination is and, and, and what's something else, right? We often say things like, you know, I'm, I'm a huge extrovert, but I also sit quietly and read books. And I also like sitting at home and watching Netflix. And I also cancel out of parties because I feel like being alone. But that doesn't mean I'm an ambivert or an introvert. It might just mean I'm tired. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. I'm the same way. Listen, I love a good party. I like a good stage, but it's, you know, there's times where it's, you know what, someone else can take the stage. I don't always have to be on stage. Right. I can, I can be off in the corner talking to one person, not holding courts with six people and, and everybody's laughing. You know, that typical scene that you may see in, in a movie where it's like, Oh, ha, ha, everything's so funny because David's so entertaining. You know, sometimes I am. And sometimes it's just a good conversation with one person. I love it. Um, what's one thing that everyone can do to become a little bit more aware of their personality communication leadership style? It's tuning in. I mean, I think tuning in to your, yourself. And that to me means, I mean, it's easy to say that, but it's being aware of your conversations, your you know, are you somebody who's not planning ahead for things? And then when you get into a conversation, you're unprepared. When I say unprepared, it doesn't mean that you can't answer the questions, right? For example, you know, setting up for a, a podcast, right? Uh, I may have questions ahead of time, but it doesn't mean I, I wrote down answers, right? So I'm answering spontaneously. Or sometimes maybe I will answer with more thought to it because, oh, this particular question, uh, maybe I, I can't think off the top of my head of a particular item. So yeah, maybe I have to think back and take a moment prior to going into a recording. Um, so things like that, right? So being aware of, of, of your style and learning. I mean, I think reading, right? You got to do a little bit of reading and understanding the styles. Filling, you know, taking an assessment like the dynamics or Myers-Briggs or DISC or, you know, the, there's insights. There's so many, so many of them out there, depending on what you're looking for and what do you want to get out of it. For me, the key component of any of these assessments um, is not letting it sit on a shelf and collect dust. Yes. When I'm sitting with a corporate, you know, person or a small company and, and talking about what we're doing and what in our workshops, I'm like, it's all fine and dandy for you to spend the money. And I will never tell you not to spend the money. But for me, from an integrity point of view is I don't want you to walk away here and then telling other people, well, we did it, but we don't do anything with it. Yes. And I, I think, you know, what I think I really appreciate about dynamics 
um, is that the MBTI is kind of hard for people to remember. So they're like, yeah, I did the, I did the MBTI like 10 years ago. And I don't know, I think I'm an, an e, e, ESTP. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, I think what there's some value in a little bit more of a simple approach so that people can, um, connect, um, their personality type with something simple really quickly. So I really appreciate that about dynamics. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what drew me into it. So, so the, real, the way I got into it was it was, it was brought into my classroom in my MBA and they used it for an assignment. So we use it in schools and, and corporate and families. Like we run workshops in very many different sets. That's not English, but in many <laughs> <laughs> and um, many different types of settings. And it just, it drew me right away. Like, this is fascinating. And I read my profile and I'm like, this is very much like me. And I, I would love to, to work with it. And that's, I went up to the president of the company and I said, I would love to work with you when I'm done my MBA. And he's like, yeah, consult, you know, come connect with me and, and all the rest is history at this point. And it's because when we run our workshops and again, depending on the context, it could be a sales team that we're working with. And then we could say to them, all right, well, when you're going into a sales call, you need to prepare. So now you got to tap into your blue side of yourself, right? And then, you know, you need to, you use all the different colors in a sales call. So we teach people how to do that. We teach leaders how to you give feedback in a very systematic way using the colors. So that, so it goes back to the comment before that I made is, is the practicality is so important again of any assessment. And to me, if a company is going to choose an assessment, they have to say to themselves, what are we going to do with it when the consultant is not in our office anymore? Because if it's going to sit on a shelf, why am I spending 10, 15, $20,000 to train my employees? If, if we're not going to make this workplace a better place by using the knowledge that we're gaining. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that's so, so important. I think that that's, that's something that's, that's missing from a lot of, of training programs in general um, and some of these assessments is how are you bringing this back? Um, how are you bringing this back to life over time? Um, quick, another question is, what's your favorite um, leadership, communication, business, self-help book? I, I think that, uh, you know, your perspective about, you know, if you can't take an assessment or, you know, an online, I always call them like a Cosmo quiz type personality assessment. Um, you know, you can also start reading and becoming more aware. What's your favorite kind of leadership communication business self-help book? Well, I think, I think one of them that I really liked, and it was one of them that I, that I read was one of the first ones I read when I got into the consulting world was start with why by uh, Simon Sinek. Yeah. Pronouncing it correctly. And I really, I just liked it because people often shy away from the word why. It's a scary word for some people, right? The last cow, the last where, the last when, the last what, but they won't ask why. And sometimes that's where we need to begin is why. Why are we doing this? Why do I want to become a better communicator? And so when you, when you, read that book. And if you haven't, I highly recommend it to those that are listening. Um, you'll get a better sense and a more comfort with, with using the word why 
as a beginning. Another book that I really like that's sitting on my shelf at home still, and I'm talking, it's an old school one. And, and I got into it because I don't know how old I was. I was probably in my early 20s, you know, beginning university, watching Oprah. And Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Goldman was on Oprah and his first book on emotional intelligence. And I'm talking the first original copy. I know now it's such a huge topic. People are talking about emotional intelligence. But I read that book in the 90s. And I love it. It, to me, it spoke to me so clearly about how important the, the EQ is, not just your IQ. So if you haven't read that one, that's another one I would recommend. Brilliant. Those are some great picks. Great, great picks. And now, last but not least, David, uh, who should hire you and where can people find you? So if you if you run a company, you lead a team, uh, or even you're, in, you're a teacher and you have a classroom that you want them to work on communication skills, and it could be in any form of department. Uh, it could be in social work, it could be in business, sales courses, etc. Uh, companies of any size that are looking to improve their sales, that are looking to strengthen the skills of their managers and leaders or their executives, and that run teams that maybe, maybe there's been a lot of change in the team, new employees coming in, which might be the case as we emerge from, from the pandemic and start back at work where people may have left jobs to start other jobs. And so there's some new teams forming and you really want to build up that morale and strength and productivity on the team. That's where our workshops and, and our assessments really shine. So for sure, that's, that's where I would say. So if you're out there and you're interested, you can definitely reach me at uh, probably emails. The best is david at peakperformance2.com is my email. Um, and certainly you can find me on Instagram at I am David Spinner Consulting as well. Awesome. And you can on also those, connect. On those streets as well, right? So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, David, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. I could geek out on assessments and self-awareness and adapting and how it all connects to leadership. And in fact, I have all kinds of questions that I still want to ask you, but we just don't have enough time. Um, so we might have to bring you back for a part two. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure Thank having you, so you today. And uh, we've all really learned a lot. And I'm, I'm looking forward to part two. And I'm looking forward for some opportunities for us to collaborate, because I certainly want to bring um, some of this, this new, new work, this kind of simplified, and I don't want to call it, I want to degrade it by calling it a simplified MBTI, but you know what I mean, a, a new and fresh approach to how we look at, at some of these same concepts that I'm so passionate about. Yeah, yeah, because it is, yeah, I see what you mean, but it is simple, it's easy to understand and easy to, to employ, easy to use. Yes. Whereas, again, some of the others have some com complicated terminology. Ours, it's a 30-page booklet that you end up with. Now we have digital versions, of course. And it's really like, where, what are the strengths of Nicole? What are her challenges? You know, what, what does she do best when working in a team? Uh, what not to do, what to do, et cetera, and so on and so forth. So it's very bullet point, straightforward. And so, and you share that. You share that with your team. You share that with your leaders. And then they know. 
and there's an online app that we use that people can go and check up and and see okay hey this is this is nicole this is you know jane on my team and this is bob so you can see the makeup of your team right there and then you know you're going into bob's office well you better be really prepared with a lot of numbers because bob is a high bloke well isn't that going to improve your communication you're going to be way more effective as a team and you're not going to get into arguments over the conversation because you're going to understand each other and that's all right I absolutely love it. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to exploring this in more depth as well. David, thanks for spending the time with us this afternoon. And I know everyone's going to get some great value with it. Uh, my pleasure. Wishing everybody a wonderful day, evening, whenever you're listening to this. And uh, I want everybody to stay healthy. Thanks so much for joining us at the whiteboard. We're here every week with some new and exciting leadership topics. We'll hope you join us soon. Take care and talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us at At The Whiteboard. We've had an amazing time with you here today. If you want to keep up to date with everything that At The Whiteboard podcast is doing, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Whiteboard Consult or on our website at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca. Talk soon.